Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. On February the 1st, 2016, the World Health Organization declared Zika virus a public health emergency of international concern, with the virus's continued spread through the Americas. Zika, which was previously considered to be fairly harmless, has been linked to birth defects and miscarriages in a dramatic shift that scientists are unable to explain. However, we're now one step closer to understanding this virus, as the development of a new mouse model may have solved one piece of the puzzle. Connie Orbach spoke to lead researcher Michael Diamond from Washington University in St. Louis. One major question has been, is Zika virus sufficient to do this? Or are there many other factors that have to be in the environment or otherwise? Or can the virus just actually cross the placenta and actually cause these uh, uh, malformations in the, uh, during the pregnancy? And so in an animal model, you can set out to address these questions. An animal model, uh, what is it that you did? We used mice. Uh, uh, we used mice because they were convenient. We could uh, genetically retool the mice, if you will, to allow them to replicate the virus. So we infected pregnant mothers at the end of their first trimester, essentially for a mouse. And then we followed to see what happened. And in fact, the virus went to the placenta and it replicated in the placenta and it spread from the maternal side to the fetal side of the placenta. And this had two uh, outcomes. Uh, one of them is that the placenta sustained significant injury, such that there was uh, damage to the placenta, which then ultimately led to poor blood flow in the placenta, which was associated with a condition called intrauterine growth retardation. And it's exactly as it sounds, if there's inadequate blood supply moving from the placenta to the fetus, the fetus does not grow, so its size gets very small. One complication is if that happens in a very severe way is the fetus could be spontaneously aborted, and that's exactly what happened in one of our models that we did. The second thing that happens is that once the virus is actually able to cross into the fetus, and this was associated with injury and cell death in the brains of the fetuses. So in our model, there was two major damages that occurred, one at the level of the placenta and the second at the level of the fetal brain. You found that mice with this virus were having very uh, similar effects as we're seeing in people with this uh, microencephaly, the small brain sizes, and some of the other damage that we're seeing. I would say some of the same effects, not all of them. Part of that probably had to do with we were actually only infecting at one stage of pregnancy. It's possible that if you infected at different stages of pregnancy, you would see some of the other manifestations that have been seen in humans. We saw certainly some of them that have been described most recently in publications that study humans in Brazil. So this is hopefully giving us some clarity with that initial question that you asked, is Zika alone causing the defects that we're seeing? But I can't help asking, you're, you're using a mouse model and I'm sure that there are many differences between mice and humans. How much can we read from, from this? A mouse is not a human. 
However, the virus certainly is able to replicate in the placental cells. These are called the trophoblasts, which are the cells that line the maternal and fetal side, and we were able to show virus in them. Um, it's likely that the virus also can replicate in human trophoblasts as well. In fact, we actually showed that in some cell lines that we studied, and others have also established that as well. So these findings will need to be corroborated in either higher animals, such as non-human primates, or by studying more detailed human studies. But for now, I think we can safely say that the virus certainly is able to cause this type of disease by directly infecting the placenta and crossing the placenta. So it does two things. One is it tells us that the virus is sufficient to cause it in animals. And the second is that it is doing it through a transplacental route as opposed to any other route via direct infection of the cells that line the placenta. Knowing that, that the virus is sufficient for this, solving another piece of the puzzle, what does that mean for the future? By establishing that Zika is sufficient to do this, one now can focus on what are the ways in which we can try to prevent this from happening. And having a small animal model is very useful for evaluating vaccines, for evaluating therapeutics, or even for still studying basic mechanisms of how disease is caused. Certainly, these are the first steps towards translating these things into humans, but um, you really want to narrow the field, if you will, when you have therapeutic candidates or vaccine candidates before initiating costly trials in humans. And also, you want to make sure things are safe. Certainly, if pregnancy is a targeted population for either a therapeutic or a vaccine, these are of highest priority. That was Michael Diamond commenting on his paper published this week in the journal Cell.